Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. There's no better feeling than a personal win, and the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Elevate every morning with Tommy John's Second Skin Underwear. The luxurious support of Second Skin guarantees everything will go smoothly. With over 20 million pairs sold and thousands of five-star reviews, guys love Tommy John. Plus, your most valuable assets are covered with Tommy John's best pair you'll ever wear or its free guarantee. Shop Tommy John's friends and family sale right now and get 25% off site-wide at TommyJohn.com slash Spotify. TommyJohn.com slash Spotify. See site for details. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone because individually we're great, but together we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, trust Atlassian software. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Welcome to the Bike Radar Podcast, brought to you by the team behind BikeRadar.com, Cycling Plus and MBUK magazines. If you enjoy this episode, please subscribe. And if you can do so, leave us a rating on your podcast provider of choice. It really helps us reach other cyclists like you. Hello, welcome to the Bike Radar Podcast. My name is Tom Marvin, Senior Technical Editor at BikeRadar.com and at MBUK Magazine as well. Joining me in this episode of the podcast is Liam Carhill. He is our road YouTube presenter. How's it going, Liam? I'm very well, thank you. Excellent stuff. And we also have Rob Weaver, our Technical Editor-in-Chief. How's it going, Rob? I'm good, thanks, Tom. How are you? I'm all right, thank you, yeah. Good. What have you been up to recently, Rob? Testing Enduro Bikes. Bike of the year. Great. Yeah. This is going to be the stock answer for the next four months. <laughs> Easily. Yeah, absolutely. Enjoying the weather, riding the bikes, mm-hmm. loads of fun. Yeah. Better than being in front of a laptop. Great. Can't complain. I mean, this is cut and paste every year yeah. for the first four months of every year. Which I probably yeah. don't need to ask this question in any future <laughs> podcast. We'll just cut and paste again. Go straight to Liam. Yeah, easy. Yeah. Liam, what are you up to at the moment? Uh, I just got back into training. Oh. So I did my first critical power test. What's that? And it was critically shit. Is that um, like, um, how does that work? Yeah. What is that? So you do, um, a few sprints. So you do three, like six second sprints right. and then you do, um, a 12 minute test, mm-hmm. which is all out. And then you do a three minute test, which is all out. And then the coach that you're paying to tell you to train, mm-hmm. cause I need that to actually ride my bike um puts the numbers together and gives you a figure right. that is suspiciously low okay and what's, what's your critical power test number i don't know oh. but my my threshold power was 281 watts or something which is about 25 27 watts down on what it was okay and i've put on weight right christmas not Christmas, like a year out of racing uh, plus Christmas, really combined to. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. How's this 
differ from what's that other one you meant to do a 20 minute test? functional threshold power ftp uh it's a different way of testing it's a bit more accessible to your average person it sounds horribly inaccessible having to do all those efforts yeah but a, <laughs> a, a 12 minute test all right three minute test easy you just ride up a, a, a short hill okay a 20 minute test if you wanted to do one of them realistically in the uk it's quite hard to find mm -hmm. 20 minutes of road unbroken by traffic lights, junctions, a, a consistent gradient to actually do that test on. Depends how slow you go. It does, yeah, absolutely. Smart. Um, <laughs> He's out the test. <laughs> He's one step ahead. Um, a 12-minute test is just easier to do, basically. So where do you do something like that? Or not on a smart trainer, then? Uh, you can do it on a smart trainer. I'm not... Um, I would what one would call a traditional cyclist, as right. in I can't really put out power on a turbo trainer unless I actually do a lot of turbo training okay. and I haven't been. So mm -hmm. I like to just go up a hill because I, I quite I quite like getting out the saddle and putting some power down, then sitting down, having a little break mm. and then putting out some more power. That sounds like hard work. Doesn't it? That's, I mean, that does sound more appealing than I've done an FPT. What, FTP. FTP. <laughs> <laughs> I've done one of them on a, on a smart train. It was a miserable experience. Yeah. Enough to make you misspell it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was so confused with the whole process. <laughs> Doing it in the real world sounds much more interesting. Yeah. Could you not just go out to the Alps? Like This is a great excuse to go to the Alps. I it's wish smelly. I could, but unfortunately the video budget does not cover me doing a critical power test. <laughs> sounds like we need um, to get a sponsor on board. Yeah. <laughs> All <the same> <laughs> business. <laughs> great. <laughs> yeah, great. It is, Tom. <laughs> um, this all ties quite nicely into our chosen topic for today, our heavily researched chosen topic for today, which is if we were a pro cyclist of any description, what event would we want to do and why? So this is actually a three-part question because then we've got to justify what kind of pro cyclist we'd want to be before we can then define the race we want to do and why we'd want to do it. So... Oh, and then at the end, we're going to throw a curveball in there because we're also going to pick a race that that pro would never be able to compete in, but would probably like to do so. Which means that, Liam, you've got to think of a race that is completely outside of your knowledge base. And mm. so do we, to be fair. So yeah, that's what we're going to go and do. So we'll start with, uh, we can start with Liam, I think, today. Oh, So who, who's like, what cyclist would you be? In like, maybe name a name or a type of rider or a kind of pro, what would you want to be? I would want to be someone... I am. A, I want to be me. <laughs> maybe, maybe you cannot tell through uh, through the microphone or from the TV if you're watching us. Um, I am not the tallest chap, mm. so I would Nothing want to be <laughs> exactly. I would want to be a six foot three, say Belgian. No, Bel yeah, you know, a bit more muscle to me. Um, mm -hmm. Good in the classics. Mm -hmm. Got a bit of I power. Say good somewhere else for a minute. <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> I, I I would just want to be pretty much the polar opposite of what I am, which is a short, diminutive climber. Um, so I would want to be a cyclocross racer, and I have very good reasons for this. Mm. One, the season is exceptionally short. Yeah, the races are exceptionally short. Yeah, which means that you can earn quite a silly amount of money in a very, very short space of time. We're talking about 10, 20,000 euros for Van der Poel, Van Aert. Mm -hmm. And your name has to be one of those two. Right, you need a van in there. Yeah, Van der something. 
you need to have that name to turn up onto the start line and get that money just to attend the event. They get like an appearance fee? Yeah. Huh. And then they get prize money on top of that. And they've got their contract. Right, okay. And so you've got a you've really got nice. a sponsorship with like Alpazin to make yeah. your hair nice. Yeah. So with such a short season, are there any full time cyclocross riders that don't do anything else? Yes. Really? Yeah, whole host of them in uh, Belgium and the Netherlands. Right. So these these are riders that will ride like the Tour of Belgium, the lesser road races in okay. like northern France during the summer, just to be good for a few months in the winter. Right, and they okay. they do like the Super Prestige, uh, the XTO uh, series, and the World Cups, mm-hmm. like three main series in cyclocross. Mm-hmm. And they'll they'll make a cool 150, 200k hmm. for that little bit of work. For right. those, what is it, three months? I'd say more like four or five months these days with the American races, but... Because they go to like Wisconsin or something yeah, like that. Yeah, but these these lads and ladies, they're all on decent enough teams that they're going over to the US for basically a holiday, mm. picking up some UCI points. and That's a lot of yeah. money. It is not bad, is it? Just pedaling right around a grassy field for a bit. Yeah. They're cool races, though. They are. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Elevate every morning with Tommy John's Second Skin Underwear. The luxurious support of Second Skin guarantees everything will go smoothly. With over 20 million pairs sold and thousands of five-star reviews, guys love Tommy John. Plus, your most valuable assets are covered with Tommy John's best pair you'll ever wear or its free guarantee. Shop Tommy John's friends and family sale right now and get 25% off site-wide at TommyJohn.com slash Spotify. TommyJohn.com slash Spotify. See site for details. This episode is brought to you by Etsy. Looking to instantly upgrade your Mother's Day gift from typical to meaningful? Shop Etsy. Now until May 12th, get up to 30% off personalized jewelry, style, decor, and so many other items mom will love. And if you want her to know you put a ton of thought into her present, use Gift Mode. Gift Mode on Etsy takes the stress out of gifting so you can easily find well-crafted, original, and affordable pieces from small shops. Just tap or click Gift Mode on your Etsy app or Etsy.com. Then answer a few short questions about mom, and Gift Mode instantly gives you curated ideas based on hundreds of personas. Need something original and affordable for Mother's Day? Etsy has it. Shop until May 12th for up to 30% off gifts for mom. Terms apply. Well, this is my, so you say that there are like full-time cyclocross pros who don't do anything else, and then you watch, I mean, I, I'm not like totally au fait with it, but it pops up on Eurosport, and you watch, you know, I watch the men's, for example, and, and it's like Vanderpol who wins. So these guys who are doing it full time still aren't very good. Uh, yeah, I mean, someone someone like Vanderpol is just a freak of nature, mm-hmm. and he comes in, and Wout van Aert as well will mm. come back in, and he's not been on good form this year, and no. he will still, you know, finish second to Matthew. Matthew Vanderpol, as we record, has gone ten from ten, okay. which is just ridiculous, and he's done that across muddy races, fast grassy races, and sandy races, like hilly techy races. The thing that I love about cyclocross is that within the sport, there are so many different types mm. of course. Mm. So it favors so many different types of riders, unless you're Vanderpol, in mm. which case you win everything. But the other thing for me is that because it involves 
quite a bit of upper body strength, quite a bit of core strength. You've got to be able to run. You get a bit more of a complete athlete. Like with mm. road riders, pretty much all of them are just underfed. Not underfed, but very skinny. <laughs> In fact, they're probably overfed, let's be honest. With a cyclocross rider, they've got a bit more of an upper body, which I don't know, as a human, that might just be a bit nicer. Yeah. I think. Yeah. And then there's the equipment. So everyone's still on uh, tubular tires, which mm -hmm. hold a real fond place in my heart. Yeah. Still 33 mil? 33 mil. Because yeah. the UCI doesn't want to change it. Good. And long may it continue, Absolutely. might I say. Um, do you guys, did you guys ever race on tubular tires? Nope. No. No. Oh, Dugas did tubular mountain bike they tires. They did, didn't they? Yeah. I think they still yeah. might. Because Nina Shirt raced for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Didn't he? I think. Yeah. Is that yeah. right? I think it was him, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. He, he raced tubulars and he won a lot yeah. on tubulars. Okay. So the tech is like the, the The tech is 20 years old, but it's <laughs> great. They've got um, disc brakes now. They do have disc brakes uh, okay. now. Um, but, you know, if I was going to set up my ultimate bike, it would have canties. No. <laughs> I mean, it's just a gravel bike, right? It's 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 a lightweight gravel bike. With a higher bottom bracket. With a higher right? bottom bracket. Is that right? Twitchy handling and short and all that sort of oh, short, it's, steep twitching. It is everything. If you designed a really fun bike to ride mm -hmm. around pretty tame terrain, mm -hmm. that is the bike that you'd want. Okay. They're just they're just great fun. They're yeah. great fun bikes. The training is good fun because you go out on the road and do all your endurance stuff and your zone three stuff. And then you get on your cyclocross bike and you go, oh, right, I'll ride around these woods mm. quite fast quite fast for, and that's for an hour your, that's your top end does the, the skill stuff appeal to you a bit more as well where in road it's i mean obviously there's tactics and skills involved but it's not sort of navigating mud sand mm. stuff like that does that is that something that appeals yeah because i mean you, you won't be able to tell but i am now approaching my 30s which means that the road is just a bit scary now <laughs> I, do, I don't road race anymore it it you know, it's, it's just got too fast, too ridiculous for me. Cyclocross is like, you're going to be racing through December in the UK. If you fall over, it doesn't hurt. <laughs> you just slide progressively further as you get deeper into the winter. Yeah. Um, until, actually, quick side note, I crashed in um, fast-melting snow once. That was the single worst experience of my life because okay. you were sliding for a long, long time. Way. And it's I was just wearing a skin track, suit. Isn't it? Oh, oh, it was horrible. <laughs> but yeah, the, the skills are great because you're jumping off your bike onto it. You, upstairs, downstairs. Ups yeah, you, you're kind of um, picking your line through a rut, which I think is really, really good because if you then go onto a mountain bike, you know not to give up elevation for free. You know that if you're going to put your wheels in some routes, you just need to let it track and mm -hmm. let it take you. There's you kind of learn when you have to muscle the bike around and when you just need to let it go. And mm -hmm. riding sand is the best fun you can have for for an hour or so because okay. although you're going to have to clean your chain afterwards because it's gritty. There's always like pit crew though, aren't there? You get, you get another bike. This yeah, is the thing, pro. yeah. I'm a pro. Yeah, yeah, I, pro. I just got, I got <laughs> a Check your bike. Check your and, bike and I've got five spare bikes in the, in the pits. I it's do. great. Yeah, I do. I do like watching it because I think... As mountain bikers, we come across cross fairly often because actually a lot of the XC races, especially, obviously spend a lot of time Van cross. Paul, Pidcock. Van Paul, yeah. Pidcock, Puck Peterson. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Evie's done a lot of that. Ferron Prevost is a yeah. massive one. You know, Hattie Harden, like yeah. 
loads of them actually spend a lot of time across because it complements the mountain bike season pretty well mm. because that's in the summer and crosses in the winter. And so. it's super intense and super in terms of training, training, using that as training. Yeah, and the skills. They've got the yeah, skills. Yeah. Whereas, you know, if you're mm. a roadie coming to cross, maybe like you're not quite so used to your wheel slipping and sliding all over the place and bunny hopping over little planks that someone's put in the park. I mm. have heard some actual road pros say that they go and do cyclocross in the winter just as a form of something to train for mm. because they find it very difficult to finish the road season in October and maybe they're not starting until, you know, mid-Feb for oh, the Classics yeah. or something like that. And, you know, that's a long time for, mm. if you're an elite athlete, not me, that's perfect <laughs> amount of time for doing nothing. <laughs> if you're an elite athlete, that might be too long to, yeah. to itch yeah. the competitive, you know, itch. Great. Well, you've justified it nicely. Thank you. Well done. My But oh. my cyclocross pro, being me, yeah. would have to then go and do something that they're not comfortable with. And I feel like cross-country mountain bike is a bit too similar. Yeah. And road racing is a bit too similar. Because yeah. if you think about Paris-Roubaix, it's just a six-hour cross race, <laughs> basically. Um, so I would have to do something ridiculous. And as I'm really a roadie that loves cyclocross and a bit of cross-country mountain bike, the only silly race I've heard of is Red Bull Rampage. Rampage. Yeah, I remembered it. Um, But yeah. Plenty of places to carry your bike down there. Yep. Yeah. (laughs) That seems like an interesting thing to do if if I wanted to disengage my brain for a bit. So is that your little curveball? Is that the if you were a cross pro, you'd go and do ramp, you'd try and get an entry to rampage? I'm I'm sure I, I'm sure no my sponsors would be so keen on that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> great. Maybe if it was like towards the end of your contract, yeah, and they were looking for, to you know boost publicity, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. maybe that they would uh, make some exceptions. Yeah, mm-hmm. you'd have to be maybe on a Red Bull sponsored team. Yeah, we yeah. see at the top of the mountain. You just turn up, drop. just turn up to the start line. Easy. I got the helmet, boys. Yeah, I've heard that's what they do. With your, with your check, entry on the day. <laughs> oh, yeah. Pay it oh, no, actually, I sent it by post. <laughs> <laughs> it got lost. I'm sure it'll be fine. <laughs> Great. Rob. <laughs> right. Come on, then. Let, let's live out your, your pro rider fantasies. So I, I'm never going to let go of the, the downhill dream, mm. ever. So you raced downhill as a, as a young'un? Yeah. Medium. Medium, yeah. Into my 20s, yeah. yeah. So for me, if I could go and be a pro at anything downhill mm-hmm. i think um it's my favorite thing to watch still yeah in terms of mountain bike or cycling in general and being able to go and compete at the highest level so if i could if we're talking dream scenario mm-hmm. we're talking one race to rule them all yeah it'd have to be a world champs nice represent great britain yeah no i'm undecided on the track that's the thing okay oh no i'm not no. bring back schladming in Austria. I keep hearing a lot of things so, about Schladmin. Yeah, so we raced there. We raced there a long time ago, and they stopped running it maybe 2010, I want to say. Mm-hmm. It was the last World Cup there. It was, the, it was by far my favorite track to ride. Yeah. Massive sort of mix of all sorts of stuff, but bike parking places, mm-hmm. lots of routes, steep, technical, a lot of thinking mm-hmm. involved, um, line choice. And you basically just need to, you, you pretty much do two pedals at the start, hit a step down and you don't need to touch, like you don't need to pedal once more. Yeah. It's just... A lazy man's course. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, apart from your forearms. Oh yeah. The forearms take a beating. It's full on, seriously yeah. full on. But um, yeah, anyone that's done well there is just a hero in my eyes. Mm-hmm. It's, it's proper, proper downhill mountain biking. And when you see the the best of the best race there, yeah, watching... Um, 
Brendan always went re- well, really. Mm-hmm. Like so well there. He was so close to winning it. Sam Hill would win by eight, nine seconds some mm-hmm. years. I remember vividly standing in the in the woods trying to work out a line and then just hearing the sort of rumble of tires and then Chris Kovarek popping through this gap in the trees and then just smashing through. Yeah. Like like no one else that we were watching at that point had done. You're like, right. Okay, we that's, need to try and do that then. That's the line. <laughs> okay. <laughs> just, but, just out of interest, why did they stop running that course? Um, so that was, I think it's to do with the fact that it's a really popular mountain in the winter for skiing and having the mountain bike stuff there was interfering with what they could do in the winter season. Hmm. Why? Uh, well, they have a bike park there now, so there's potentially they could go back and, go back. and race was, it. But. Was Schladman... That was there a segment in Death Grip? Yes, with Brendan and Rat Boy. Yeah, yeah. So Josh Bryson yeah. and, and Brendan wrote it. Oh, and such a cool six. And they're just whooping and hollering yeah, the yeah, whole yeah. way because it is. Yeah, if you got the take away the pressure of racing, it's so much fun to mm. ride. It is really technical, but part of what makes it really fun is you're kind of just sort of careering down the hill. So you don't have a lot. There might be a massive spread of routes coming up. There's not really a whole lot you can do. Mm -hmm. You can't just stop on them. So you've got to just try and pick your way through. Yeah. And it it made it just really exciting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Would the, so would your memory of it be um, increased in the technicality uh, or would modern bikes kind of Mm. of soften it out a little bit? Or has Matt, because on downhill tech, like when I, you know, dip my toe in the waters of it, the the things like the group sets haven't moved on a huge it's amount. Still but, saying. Yeah, that hasn't changed since 2013. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I guess fork tech has moved on. Yeah, suspension, suspension in bike designs and geometry more than anything has changed. And that would certainly help. I still think going back, I still think I could ride a modern bike and still have my ass kicked by. Mm-hmm. Brendan or Sam mm. Hill there. By on a, one of their bikes from the day. Yeah, by mile. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. But um, I'd love to go and race a World Champs there. Yeah. That'd be incredible. So talk us through the World Champs aspect of it all. Is it is it literally just because pulling on the GB jersey? Oh, it'd be a dream. Yeah. Yeah, totally. That one race, you know, one race, one day, mm-hmm. give it everything, do or die, death or glory, that sort of mm. that sort of vibe. And, you know, imagine San- winning that. Yeah. Rainbow jersey here in the national anthem. There's nothing I don't think Not you could to top that. It. Yeah, totally. Yeah, no, that's you fine. know, there's a lot to be said for consistency and winning an overall. Mm-hmm. But to be a world champ, mm-hmm. yeah, that's pretty, pretty special. special. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. I did have a question for you. Okay. Have you forgotten it? And I've forgotten it. <laughs> Liam's got a question for you. Might it be your downhill racer now has to go and do something else? Ah, uh, because they, they've question, lost their nerve or something like that. What are they going to do? Well, so I've watched it a few times, not live, but just on TV. Paris Roubaix. I mean, that looks mm. epic. It's it looks ridiculous. The the race. Did you see how ruined everyone is when they finish that thing? Covered head to toe in mud. The stories you read about it, the the tactics that go on as they come, you know, into a cobbled section and how they have to fight for position and placing on the actual, you know, physically on that road section where they need to go. Do they go off to the side? Do they ride the crown over the, you know, the rough bits? How they, um, how that sort of, how they work with their teams in order mm. to position them. And then just, it's just so cutthroat. It looks the most, it's the most brutal ra- road yeah. racing I've seen, I think. Mm. Yeah. It's, um, it's possibly one of the only races left where attacks go from a hundred and whatever kilometers out 
But you were saying about your forearms in the downhill stuff. I've ridden the Roubaix cobbles once and I had 28 mil tires, like a very nice bike. And you get to the end of those sections and you go to brake and your hands don't work. And you're just like, oh, okay. And then they still don't work. And you're like, cool. So you get onto the road having not hit a car, which is quite mm-hmm. nice, or a, a pro rider that's reconning the race. And you have to actually peel your fingers open because that is how... It's mm-hmm. like if you held a jackhammer yeah, and then did a sprint that got your heart rate up to 900... 900. Wow. 100, 100, <laughs> 190 BPM or something. It's just it is the most ridiculous thing. Going. That's, that's yeah. riding so for much fun. Yeah, that is that's racing. I was going to say like you, you get that in the Alps, like you know, like you, you don't take your hands off. You take your hands off the edge. <laughs> yes, slide them off. <laughs> I think that was that was going to be my question actually. Maybe it was more of a statement, but like maybe this summer. So I don't think I've ever ridden a World Cup downhill track. Okay, and I would very much like to on a downhill bike. Mm. I think the closest I came to it was um, years ago in what mountain bike RIP. Uh, me and John did a feature where we rode like five of the dragon downhill tracks in a day on trail bikes with, with me. you. Yeah, yeah. That was a wicked oh, day. What a day out. Yeah, that was great. Was literally one of the best days I've ever had on a bike. Yeah, long day. A lot of climbing. Really long day. Very hot. Yes, um, but it was a good day. It was a great day with Chris Porter from Geometron Bikes. Yes. Who, I don't know if Geometron were around at that point. Whether Was he still? Was he, he still, was on a Monday. He was at Fox, think, wasn't maybe. he? That, yeah, he was yeah. running Fox. But yeah. So yeah, I'd love to, like this summer maybe, we should work out like a, a feature. Go to Champery. Go to Champery. <laughs> go to Slammin. Yeah. Yeah, Champery's dangerous. So. Champery, right, okay, we don't need to go there. <laughs> I'm sure it'll be fine. But um, okay. What about you, Tom? Well, so I've been, I was thinking long and deep about this, but I think... <laughs> For three minutes before we started, yeah. <laughs> panicked three minutes of shit. Um, I would like to be someone along the lines of like either a washed-up ex-roadie pro who basically has free reign to go and do fun stuff, or basically Lachlan Morton, mm. who... So he races road. He's what, EF Education... Well, he was EF Education, but that's probably changed its name to something EF What's something it called like now? EF... I think he's still EF, EF, EF Education. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, so he sort of rode on the road, but then was like, kind of wanted to do his own thing as well. So he, he's ended up doing like FKTs around like mad places, or he goes and do like the Leadville 100. So he'll do mountain bike stuff. And he'll he do did everything. the alternate Tour de France, didn't he? The alter- oh my God, yeah. No, it, that's insane. Absolutely nails. He rode the whole Tour de France route, but rode all the transfers as well. And he did it like, and he got to Paris, you know, set off a couple of days before or whatever and got to Paris just beforehand. In fact, George- We have a podcast. Yeah. Great plug. George Scott, our editor, interviewed him in the middle of it, didn't he? He did. So, um, yeah, Lachlan Morton's a bit of a... I think, you know, when I say I want to emulate him and be him, what I probably don't realise is just how unpleasant it is a lot of the time. Yeah. Because he does have to ride a lot. And it's not like training where you've got like, we're going to go on a training ride today and the coach is shouting at you from a door, you know, from a car being like, put out 200 watts and have a banana, whatever it is. I, I imagine that's how training works. Um, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then you go and do a race, which is, you know, a set period of distance and you do it in a big group of people having a chat as you wobble around. Yeah. Because that's how I imagine Tour de France is. Um, he does it on his own and like, he's then got to sleep in a bivy bag at the end of it. And or, he gets trench foot and, and stuff gets like trench that. Foot, yeah. yeah, and has to... Yeah. No, no massages for you. Either. No massage, yeah. 
So I think I think he's cool, and I want to emulate him. You pick quite a hard life, but yeah, I, just, I think yeah, thinking about it. But he must be happy because he keeps doing it. What events then? What are you so, going to do? I guess are you going to make it your own, or are you going to go and pick one? I think, I think like so he gets to do loads of really interesting events of all sorts of disciplines all over the world. Um, so that's what I'd be doing. And I think the race that's all stood out of me that I've, I haven't had a chance to do, but would love to do, is the Rift in Iceland, mm. which is a two hundred kilometer-ish gravel race. Now, like. I'm sure regular listeners to the Bike Rider podcast won't be surprised that I'm a bit obsessed with Iceland. Iceland and France. Iceland and France. Yeah. Um, riding there is like one of my favourite places to go riding. Gravel bikes are great fun and I, I, I love it, even though, you know, I, t- I test a lot of mountain bikes, but like outside of work, I ride a lot of gravel when I can. Um, and yeah, it's just a wild event. Like it's such a beautiful country and like a massive ride. I think Felix did it, our video manager. Mm. Uh, so there is a video on YouTube about it. So I was a little bit jealous of that. But yeah, I'd, I'd go and do that, I think. Just like crazy landscape, big distance, big day out, but like a nice low-pressured event with loads of camaraderie uh, and probably some good beers at the end, like crossing rivers, scaling mountains, all sorts of wild stuff. And I just think it'd be really cool. It sounds sounds epic. Mm. I can't, probably could just go and do it without becoming like Le Morton, but I think he'd but have for a the better, point of this, For the point of this podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah um so yeah i think that's the event i'd do but what about the alternate so the alternative one would be i would like to race the um uci track champions league series oh mm. so that's so rogue yeah you weren't expecting it, it. I, wasn't. I wasn't expecting that is it because you saw it on the telly the other I've day been. <laughs> it's because went, i've been went, i've you? been to a couple of years in a row to the london ones yeah and they're like such cool events. So like you obviously have like regular track meets, which are, you know, quite staid affairs, you know, very like sensible. And, you know, there's the commissaire's gun will go off and you'll sprint off and there's lighting and everything. But the the Track Champions League is a bit more showmanship. It's not necessarily all the like the number ones in the world. It's not like a world champs where like it's all the big hitters. It's like a select group of big hitters and some slightly second tier big hitters going around in a tour based thing where they all race like loads of different events every night. Uh, and so like you you wouldn't just race the madison you'd also race the scratch race and you'd race the you know they have like sprinters and they have endurance athletes but so they split it like that but you get to do everything kind of and it's just really cool there's like music and there's like lights and there's graphics and it's like i think it's a four four race series like i think berlin london they're doing like in the canaries mallorca i think something like that anyway to go to japan isn't it big in japan well, Kieran and stuff Kieran's, is, of that's course. Where it that would be a great, great sort of thing to get into, wouldn't it? But yeah, so yeah, that's 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 what I'd do. Just uh, the one that I think might top it is six-day racing in Ghent. Ah. Because yes. it lasts for so many days and it starts, like, ends in the wee hours or whatever mm. it is. And there's just a load of Belgians getting pissed in the centre of the track. So I think the brilliant. I think the UCI Track Champions League thing was trying to emulate the six days at Ghent, but then put its UCI spin on it, i.e. make it a bit more boring. Yes, yeah, very corporate. But um, ah. still good fun. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that would be my little curveball event that I would do if I was also Lachlan Morton. I like that. Yeah. I wasn't expecting it. This is another place where you get riders that are basically specific to one event. Like Kenny DeKettler mm-hmm. was basically a six-day rider that's mm-hmm. pretty much all he did and he is if you go to belgium and you see kenny de kettler oh, yeah oh, it's your lucky day wow yeah like legit celebs right yeah 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 no, it's a very cool scene i, I really like it 
And like I love watching the track cycling on the TV. Like mm. we've just had the European champs has been on. It's sort of just turned on and like oh, it's so good. Mm. I think it's it's a really accessible sort of sport to be able to watch because like the events are either really simple to understand, i.e. like it's a sprint to the finish, or like you know, points races or all this sort of wild stuff. And you get really into it and real geeky and you're like, well, if they break new, if they make a lap on it, then they get 20. And then, you know, it's like, mm. it's really exciting. So yeah. would you definitely do that over Olympic track cycling? Olympics is a bit pressurised, yeah. isn't it? It's a bit, I think, because I don't think... Less I'd... flashy lights. Yeah, yeah, I like flashy lights. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I got that <laughs> flashy lights. And the, the graphics. And yeah. The graphics, yeah. <laughs> um, and I think if I was going to pick one event from track cycling slash the... UCI uh, um, Track Champions League it'd be the elimination race. I love the elimination race. The old name being? Oh, I don't know. Go on then. Devil takes the hindmost. Is it? Mm. Oh. That's that's what my dad always comes out with when the track race is on. <laughs> right? Oh, is it the devil yet? <laughs> no, no, Understand. Dave. <laughs> Back but to yeah. sleep. Nice. I love it. It's so exciting. And I think like, oh yeah. Anyway, I just think it's great. I wonder what the listeners would do. Yes. Well, what should they do if they do have something they would do? Send us an email. Yes. Where to, Tom? Podcast at bikeradar.com. I always, always, almost say bikeradar.podcast.com, but that'd be weird. <laughs> yeah. We Podcast. had a few slip-ups with that earlier, didn't <laughs> we? we? Did, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, of course, email us your thoughts. Are we are we missing any events that we really should want to go to if we are a cross racer or a downhill racer or like myself, basically Lachlan Morton? Like, let us know. Um, if there's any races that we should go to anyway, because actually we do do, as a team, we go to races every year, you know, to cover it for for video or for magazine features. And we're always looking for ideas because oh, yeah. they're so they're so good to go to. They make great content. Um, anything from downhill all the way to... Not cyclocross. I mean, I say, oh, come on. I say that we should go to the cyclocross, but no one reads about it, which is really unfortunate. And even fewer people watch videos about it. That is and sad. you are all letting the side down, because if you all watch <laughs> videos about cyclocross, I could go to the cyclocross races, do five minutes of work, and then spend the rest of the weekend getting pissed. <laughs> so, you've been warned. Right. Well, on that note, I think we'll wrap it up uh, before uh, Liam gets really angry. Um, <laughs> so thanks so, so much for coming along, guys. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to email us. Uh, and uh, yeah, we'll be back with another podcast in a couple of days. Thanks for listening to the Bike Radar Podcast. If you've not done so already, please subscribe and share with your friends or leave us a rating if you've enjoyed this episode. 